Welcome to Joyful Eating. I'm your host, Jules Clancy, a former food scientist and winemaker turned cookbook author and health coach. I've discovered a simple way to have a joyful relationship with food without sacrificing pleasure or my waistline, and I can help you get there too. Listen on to find out how. Hello, hello, and welcome to Joyful Eating. So today I have something a little bit different for you. I'm actually doing an interview. So I wanted to introduce you to one of my friends, Daria Rose. So Daria Rose, PhD, is the author of Foodist, Using Real Food and Real Science to Lose Weight Without Dieting, and the creator of the award-winning blog, Summer Tomato, one of Time's 50 best websites. She received her doctorate in neuroscience from UCSF and has a bachelor's degree in molecular and cell biology from UC Berkeley. Daria's unique brain-based approach to health and well-being teaches not just what healthy living looks like, but how you can actually change your behaviors so you can stop wishing for and actually make meaningful progress towards living your best life. Daria's um. So Daria's book, Foodist, was actually really pivotal in helping me get where I am today, um, which is someone who's like completely food obsessed, absolutely loves everything about food, going out for restaurants, you know, shopping for food, all the things, um, but as also really happy with my health and my weight. And I wanted to introduce you to Daria because she's another example that this is possible. You know, she's in this magical place as well, which is, you know, it, doesn't, it actually isn't that magical to get here. And I just wanted to share this with you because if you know Daria and I can do this, I want you to start thinking that it's possible for you as well. So here's my conversation with the gorgeous Daria Rose. Well, thank you, Daria, for being the first guest on Joyful Eating. It is my pleasure. Yay! Um, so I really wanted to share you with my listeners because your book, Foodist, basically changed my life like mm. 10 years ago, however long ago it was. And I really think you're such a beautiful story of what's possible when you stop dieting, So, which is what I'm all about. So first, can you tell us a bit about your background as a dieter and why you decided to take your leap of science and experiment with a different approach to food? Yeah. Well, when I was growing up, I always date myself with this, but it was the <laughs> 80s and 90s. And my mother, we, I lived in Southern California and my mother was just a typical mom at the time who just was always on a diet. And I didn't think it was strange or weird. And I didn't necessarily think there was anything wrong with my body when I was you know, 10 or 11. <laughs> but I just got into this habit of having the diet shakes for breakfast and having protein bars and things like that with my with my mom and that it was totally normal way for women to eat and that the goal was always to be thin and slender and that is just that defined my adolescence and and high school years and you know but at a certain point I did start to become conscious of my body and disliking my body and was never satisfied and was always trying to push myself harder and restrict more. And, you know, I went and, and I've, I'm actually somebody with a lot of willpower. So I'm somebody, I went years without eating fat. And then I went years without eating carbs, like ever, like I never broke. And I, but I was still never happy with my body. And, and it was a constant struggle. I mean, it's miserable to eat like that. I would dread going into social situations and having to eat with people because I knew I just didn't want to, and it was so uncomfortable for me. And what the way I realized, well, this was miserable. 
but mm. I didn't really have any way to break out of it until I was a graduate student at, in neuroscience. But I realized that I finally had enough training in biology and, and science in general to read the scientific papers, which are actually quite technical and, and difficult. And you actually usually need a university pass to get even access to the articles. And so I just figured at some point that I was just going to, I was so desperate that I was just going to stop reading, you know, glossy magazines and diet books and see what the actual science said. And I spent probably a year just digging into the research and reading everything I could find. And what I discovered was sort of, it was sort of shocking, but also sort of obvious (laughs) once I figured it out. And it was, the first thing was dieting doesn't work like at all. It may, makes you more likely to gain weight than to lose weight. So if you, if you have been dieting chronically over the years, you, it's a predictor of weight gain more than not dieting. Wow. <laughs> right. And I was like, oh, that makes a lot of sense <laughs> because you know it creates all these bad psychological habits and you start doing things more like binging and things like that. And also, and so I, so I asked, then asked myself, well, what do healthy people do that people who never struggle with their weight is it just genetic? Like what, what is their secret? And it turns out those people have just a set of habits about, you know, a dozen, maybe two dozen habits. And they're all kind of small. Like they're not just like completely avoiding carbs or completely avoiding fat or not eating meat or only eating meat or, <laughs> or anything like that. It's just a bunch of little things they do to sort of keep their physique and their, their health in check. And that was just so, such a crazy thing to me because I was doing, I was trying so hard and doing such hard things. And this sounded like it was a bunch of little, simple, easy things like eating more vegetables and being more active. And, you know, I was very active. I was in the gym, I was running marathons, but I was draining myself so much that I would be starving after a four hour run or whatever. And and I would just eat a gigantic burrito or a gigantic sandwich or something because I was so hungry. But like really for my body, like that's way too much food. And so it was just this horrible cycle. And then I was like, oh, I don't have to do that anymore. So I stopped doing insane workouts. It's just, I mean, I still work out, but not nearly like I used to. And I just started eating simple foods. I started cooking. I started shopping at the farmer's market and eating more vegetables. And my entire life changed. And I, not only did I not get, I just assumed I would, gain weight if I was eating carbs and eating three meals a day. But I mean, at first I sort of stuck at the same weight and then I slowly, slowly, slowly started losing weight until I hit my goal weight and then even went below that. And now I don't even think about it. I just like, yeah, I'm happy. And it's like, and that was the biggest change of all was it's one thing to like have the body you want. And that is great if that's what your goal is. But I don't even care about that anymore because it does it on its own. And I'm just so much more happy. It turns out I love food. I love going out to dinner with my friends is actually one of my favorite things in the world to do. It used to be my most dreaded thing in the world. And, you know, when the seasons change and, you know, we just got pears here, it just turned fall, you know. Oh yeah. Fall fruit's amazing, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah. And I'm just like, this is my new life. And I just, you know, it's been 15, 20 years now, almost since I've been eating like this, never had to worry about my weight again. I love it. I'm healthy. My doctors tell me like I'm the healthiest person they've ever seen. And it was just such a game changer. And that's why I decided to stop being a research scientist and start telling people about this. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And I'm so glad that you made that change, Daria. Like it's so like, so great. So really like the science that you found was that dieting didn't work, that, that 
dieting actually, the people that dieted were more likely to gain weight over the long term Mm -hmm. than the people that didn't. And then you looked at, okay, so what are the people that don't diet and that are at a healthy weight? Like what do they do? And it was just these habits. So can you tell us a bit more, like you mentioned being active and eating vegetables, like tell us a bit more about the habits. And I I think you call them in food as your home core habits. So yeah. So for everybody, it's a little different, right? And that's kind of the beauty of it. You can tailor, custom tailor these habits because there's so many, right? You don't have to do what I do. Like for example, and your habits can change over time. Like I used to be a really diligent breakfast eater and I've just gotten to a point in my life now because I have little ones and I just don't really do that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I don't eat so early because I used to do it right when I woke up. And now it's, you know, usually much later in the morning and that's fine. You know, at first I tried to stick with my habit and and I just realized I didn't need to, and that's fine. So that's sort of the beauty of it. So yeah, I mean, maybe a habit for you is eating breakfast, or maybe it's not anymore. You know, for me, a big one is always having really good produce in my house. So whether that means shopping at the farmer's market or a really good grocery store that I've I've found in my neighborhood. And, you know, I pay a little more money for that quality food. But for me, it's like such a no-brainer because it means I'm not eating any processed food. It means my food tastes good and I love it. And I probably save money because I end up cooking at home way more. And at the end of the day, even if you pay an extra couple dollars for your vegetables, I mean, compared to going out and having that same quality of vegetables, it's going to be like lots of money. So, you know, for me, it's a, it's a, that's a big one just to keep me motivated to cook at home because even nice restaurants, they care a lot. I mean, if you're eating out a lot, it's going to add up. It's just too much food and it's too rich. Uh, you know, people discount how important it is to just be active in your day. Rather, you know, it doesn't have to be at the gym, but to just get out and walk around and get out in the garden or go out with your kids and play, you know, things like that have a huge impact on, on me. And gosh, there's something getting enough sleep. That's a huge one. People underestimate, you know, when you're not sleeping well, your blood sugar is going to be so much higher naturally. And, and you're going to make poor decisions. You're going to be more irritable and you're going to end up. It actually changes your, your appetite hormones, doesn't it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you're going to end up making decisions you wouldn't have otherwise made that you'll regret. Yeah. I love it. Like, so that it's like finding the habits that work for you. And it's a lot of trial and error, you know, like for me, you know, it's, I made it sound like a very easy story, but it really was like a years long transition that just, I just slowly added another new habit. You know, for example, one of the things that took me a while to give up was diet soda. You know, even when I started changing, I was really addicted to diet Coke. (laughs) And (laughs) I, even when I stopped, started, you know, I was eating vegetables, I started eating, you know, oats and, and grains and I was doing well and I changed my workout. So they were more balanced and, and I was doing well and I was losing weight, but I finally was, I was like, you know, I, I talk so much about real food. Like, why am I drinking this crap? <laughs> um, and, you know, it wasn't something that, I mean, one way or another, I don't know how much it impacted my health or my weight or anything like that. But I was like, I just realized I didn't need or want that fake sugar taste anymore. And I gave that up. So it's just like one thing after another, you know, your habits build momentum. Yeah. And then the, and then the, the better you feel, the more you realize how much how worth it it is to make one more extra change to get you that much that much closer to where your body really wants to be your body wants to be healthy 
Yes, yeah, I think that's the underlying thing is just your body wants to be healthy and trusting that mm-hmm. it knows and yeah, like just you can guide, like you just, if you stop trying to control it, you can, like it'll tell you what you want. It wants to move, it wants to eat vegetables. Right, instead of being the one who being like, I have to be this way, like stop and listen. Say like, what do I need? What do I need to feel yeah. satisfied? What do I need to feel healthy? You know, it's not like I never eat processed food and it's not like I ever eat dessert or anything. I do. I love it. It's just the the way I make decisions is different than it used to be because, you know, I'm very picky about like, I don't want a crappy dessert. Like if I'm going to eat something that's going to make me feel a little sluggish or maybe make my blood sugar, like get a little high and I don't like that feeling anymore. So it's going to have to be a really good dessert. And then I'm, I'm so much better about just taking a few bites and not, not feeling like I need to finish it because it's my last dessert ever in my life. Because <laughs> that's what I used to always tell myself if I was eating dessert. Yes, so you just, yes. yeah, your, 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 your whole relationship with your body and food slowly changes and you can't, I mean, you can, there's, there's just no point in going fast. You, there's nothing you can do because habits don't happen overnight. Yeah, that's right. It's a journey. Yeah. Just, I know this is a long time ago for you, but those first few like weeks when you were doing your your new experiment, like how did you know like how much to eat? And also like, how did you know that it was working back then? So I was a little bit nervous <laughs> because yeah, course, it was very course, different yeah. than my former approach. And I was also excited. So I think I started, I I had also just discovered the farmer's market in San Francisco where I lived at the time. And it is so beautiful. Like that farmer's market is- That one on Ferry Wolf, I've been there. I love it. Yeah. It's like my favorite place in the whole world. And (laughs) one of the reasons is because at this time you're talking about, I I just, I was like, I'm going to go explore this place. And for me at the time, everything was brand new there. And I'd never had- so many of the vegetables. Now I can walk through any farmer's market in the world and I can tell you almost everything they're selling and like when it's in season and how to cook it and everything. But like back then it was all (laughs) new. And I was just discovering all the different types of tomatoes and all the different types of eggplants. And it was so fun. And the way I knew it was working was when I was dieting all the time, my body was so sensitive. I, you know, if I just had one piece of bread, I'd feel like, I'd have to like spend all weekend working it off. And right when I started making these changes, the opposite happened. I just, I, I expected to blow, like I literally thought if I ate a bowl of oatmeal, I would be like super fat next week. <laughs> like, and, yeah, right. But I, I wasn't. So I was like, oh, okay. And, you know, so I, I knew it was working because I wasn't having crazy fluctuations and I was feeling really good. So I stopped being hungry. Yeah. Okay. So, so you so you do weigh yourself on a regular basis. I re- yeah. I weigh myself whenever I think about it. Um, I just and it for me it's more just sort of checking in. I'm I'm always yeah curious at this point. It's not you know when, for example one thing that I find really interesting is whenever I eat sushi I just eat weigh two or three more pounds for a couple of days. <laughs> you know I don't think it's unhealthy. I think it's just something about the food makes me retain water. The salt and yeah and the rice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's just interesting, you know, and like, yeah. And, and I find it, you know, if I weigh myself before I've eaten anything, or if I weigh myself after I've eaten anything, I'm just, you know, it's just, it just gives you a sense of the fluctuations that are normal and that, you know, it's clearly not fat. Yeah. Right. And, you know, so yeah, I've, I've gotten to a point where my relationship with the scales more like a curiosity, I'd say. Yeah. Great. Definitely not the obsession it used to be. 
I used to obsess about half a pound. <laughs> wow. Like, yeah, like it's like, yeah. a, that's a cup of water. <laughs> yeah. Right. Which is so silly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So your body actually felt better in the moment when you, as soon yeah. as you started and then your brain probably felt better as well. Yeah. I mean, my sugar cravings, for example, just vanished. Like I felt, I used to always like after dinner, I'd always kind of want a little something, like a little treat. And I would, you know, eat trail mix or something can trying to convince myself it was healthier than ice cream, but I always needed it. But once I started giving my body the carbohydrates it needed, and it's not a lot, it was just a teeny bit, but it completely like my relationship with sugar just completely changed, which was fantastic. And then you do feel better. You sleep better. You move better. You have more energy. Everything feels different. The inflammation, I'm sure like you know, I'm not even sure I was conscious of it, but I'm sure my inflammation just plummeted because I was eating, eating such junk. Everything, I, I either ate salad or like protein bars and shakes and like, you know, so it was basically just like, I ate salad because I thought it was healthy. And I would probably, I don't remember what dress things I ate, but it was probably something very boring. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then just processed food that I thought was healthy diet food. Yeah, right. And that's not good for you. Even though it says healthy on the label, that's just marketing. It's not actually good for you. And has anything, like since you wrote Food is Like, that was, gosh, 10 years ago or something. Like, has anything changed, do you think, since you wrote Foodist? Or like, is, if you're going to do a re, re, re-edit, is there anything you'd, you'd include or, or change about it? I, I think... I mean, nothing huge. I mean, the ba- the basics are, are still, humans. still good. <laughs> like, yeah, we're still here. And like I said, you know, for me, a, a, one of my big habits used to be having breakfast. And the fact that that's something that's changed, that's that's interesting. You know, I just, you know, I would emphasize to anybody looking at it that you your habits can change over time. And if it works for you, then don't let anybody tell you otherwise. It doesn't really matter. And, you know, the other big thing for me that's changed is I have kids now. But, you know, I've been astounded to see how, how well it's kept for the most part. Uh, I, I still eat basically the same. My kids eat like me. My kids are amazing eaters and, uh, it's, and, and they they help me with it now. And it's really fun. And it's, you know, for me that actually maybe the thing that's been the most special is I, you know, I grew up in this diet land with my mom and, you know, my kids just are growing up in such different, a different environment yeah. where they love food and exploring the different seasons. And, you know, they're, they don't even know that anybody cares what their bodies look like. And it's wonderful to see. Yeah. I just, I, I'm jealous of them. I was like, <laughs> I wish I grew up like this. Yeah. But how nice that you've been able to like completely change the intergenerational like story. Hey, that's amazing. Absolutely. That's right. Yeah. Actually, while well, I've got you, because <laughs> my boys are like, they're not like I model, like they know about all the vegetables, but they're really like not great with the vegetables. So mm. do you, what What are your thoughts about like getting them to t- at least taste stuff? Like, Yeah. So the, the way I treat my kids is, and they, they obviously, they reject stuff all the time. Like they don't, they're not just like, give me, give me, give me everything you got, mom. <laughs> you know, they're, they're skeptical, just like anybody else's kids. But they have learned at this point that I always try to make food they'll eat. So let's say they don't like something the first time I cook it. You know, I'll try again cooking it a different way next time. And, you know, I'll just tell them, you know, just take a couple of bites. It's different this time. You know, I didn't cook it with that ingredient. I used this. I used the oven instead of the pan. Right. And you whatever. actually I'll, talk I'll, them through how it's different. I talk, talk it through them and I ask them to take a couple of bites and then they can eat whatever the rest of they want on their plates. 
And sometimes, you know, and sometimes I say again, you know, nope, still don't like it. Like, okay. And sometimes one of them will like it. One of them won't, but then I'll try again. And I just keep at it until I find, and sometimes, you know, if it's really bad, like I'll take a couple of months break (laughs) or whatever, maybe even until the next season, because stuff goes out of season. I'm like, well, you know, I might want, you know, when my oldest turned two, she started, she wouldn't even eat fruit anymore. She got so picky and like fruit's good. Yeah. 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 Tice, what's what's up with that? (laughs) Right. Like she liked cauliflower, but not cherries. It's so confusing. (laughs) (laughs) And and so, you know, but you know, I'm not going to give her cherries in December because they're not in season, yeah. Around or in season, but the next year. Well, unless you come come for a trip to Australia and they will be. <laughs> <laughs> and I would love to, trust me. But um, but uh when you know they come around again, I just try again. And and the next year she she ate everything fine. Not everything, but again, like I just keep trying. And so one example, I actually just shared this on my Instagram. I've like been showing videos of my kids eating on Instagram. And my she always didn't like mushrooms and I would try to sneak them oh, in. Yeah, the things. I saw that. Yeah, I just try to sneak them in and that wasn't really working. She'd pick them out and and I just took a couple months break. And then we were at the farmer's market last weekend and she found some and they were beautiful. They were these blue oyster mushrooms and they grow in this pretty little formation. And they were just so intrigued. And the lady at the at the stand let them each hold one. And they were like, and I was like, would you be interested in eating this? They're like, yeah. I'm like, so if I, yeah. like it's a mushroom, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. you understand? Like if I take it home and I cook it, are you going to waste it? Or are you going to eat it? And they're like, well, eat it. I was like, you promise? They're like, okay. And I took it home and they loved <gasps> oh, yeah. it. And then, so I was like, okay, I'm like, I'm on a winning streak. So then the next time I went to the grocery store, I just bought the regular mushrooms, you know, like the creamy mushrooms that are at the grocery store. And I cut them up and I put them with something I know they like, like, I know they like broccoli and I put extra butter and like, you know, I made it really good and they loved them again. So like I, you know, that little excursion at the market that turned into that thing, it was a gateway and now they'll eat it the way I used to make it before. Yeah, right, right. But it just opened, they just kind of associate, well, actually mushrooms might be fun. Like, let's try them. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, one of them likes them more than the other one. And because the other one's just hitting the picky phase. She's like two and a half yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's hitting the picky phase. But yeah, I just keep at it. And, and I just explain, I use you know, I tell stories, I use words, helping them, um, letting them help me in the kitchen helps a lot. I mean, I don't know if all this would work on your kids. They're a little older, but <laughs> on, on my toddlers, it's been yeah, working Yeah, really no, well. I think that that will. And I think like, that's it. You just keep at it. Hey, like, yeah. And the science says that it take, it can take 20 int- in times, but a lot of the, what they're just like is unfamiliarity. Yeah, exactly. And so introducing it in different, or just, you know, the same familiar that's they don't want necessarily, if they didn't like it one way the first time, they probably not going to like it that exact same way again. But if you change it up, use different seasonings, different cooking methods, maybe a different variety of the same type of food, I can convince my kids that I'm giving them something different and then they're willing to try it again. And then they know now that they've had enough experiences, they know that I can like something today that I didn't like yesterday. And they, they know that they go, maybe I'll like it today. They say that. And you know, they're only three. <laughs> they already know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Actually, I haven't had that conversation with them at that. Of course, you're not, you don't like, it's normal not to like stuff when you have it the first time. And like, that's how our brains work. And, and the more grown up you get, the, I mean, most people evolve into liking more foods. Like maybe you were two last time you didn't like it. You're three now. Maybe you like it. You know, just like yeah, you're a different person. You're a big yeah. girl now. Maybe big girls like this kind of food, and they 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 respond so well to that. Yeah, cool. Yeah, okay, I can do this, Daria. <laughs> <laughs> it's a new project for me. 
Okay. Um, oh, so before we wrap up, Daria, do you have any advice for people, anyone that's like, you know, they're, they're stuck in dieting hell and they're, but they're really scared to stop and leave that dieting world behind? Yeah, I, I was scared too. And I would say that the, the best advice I have is to start with more, like start with eating more vegetables. Cause I think that, and, and, and try to find ones that are amazing like try to fall in love with vegetables and go see what you can do. Because what you really want to do is you want to eat so many vegetables that you start to kick out the foods that you know you shouldn't be eating and you'll want them less because you're so happy with the vegetables you're getting. And you know, there's, you can't overeat vegetables. Like that's not a thing. So, so start there and then move on from there and then start thinking about okay, what don't I need anymore? But first start, what do you need more of? You need more nutritious food and that's where you start. Yeah, I love it. So what's the best way for people to follow your work, Daria? Uh, These days, uh, well, I'm on Instagram at Daria Rose. And I think my my podcast, it's just dariaroseshow.com is is probably the most fun thing I'm doing right now. <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah, I love the new podcast, Daria. It's like so fun, especially there was an episode you did recently on sunscreen. I was like, this is brilliant. Like it was just so informative and yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I learned a lot in that one too. <laughs> he like scolded me a few times. <laughs> did he? Yeah. He's like, why are you doing that? You shouldn't be doing that. Like, oh, sorry. <laughs> it's always good. So it's all it's all a learning experience. Yeah. Oh. I mean, he's the pro. I've you know, I'll, he can tell me whatever he wants. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I very highly recommend Daria's new podcast. Well, thank you so much, Daria. I really appreciate your time. Wonderful to talk to you, Jules. Thanks so much. Bye. Before you go, this is the best part. So if you enjoyed Joyful Eating, subscribe to the podcast and I'd love to send you a copy of my free cookbook called Six Ingredients, 20 Minutes, Simple Whole Foods for Joyful Weeknight Dinners. It's full of easy recipes so delicious they'll satisfy even the biggest food snob. Just Google Stone Soup and you'll find it.